Hello, and welcome to Tectonic, the podcast that revolves around the seismic shifts in technology culture and the digital age. You're listening to episode 32. I'm your host, Joe Darnell, and with me is my good friend, Mr. Joshua Pfeiffer. How are you doing? Good evening. Episode 32. That's like a round number in like computer language. Yes, and only 10 more till we get to the number that is the answer and meaning to life. And this episode, you are my co-pilot and we are alone together. Yeah. It's just you and me to talk about technology. Yeah. Last time we did this, it was a very intimate episode. If I remember correctly, it was, uh, you know, just me and you. Yeah. I don't think anyone listened to that episode. <laughs> Who wants to tune into us, right? Uh, maybe I made my, my wife listen to it since, you know, I talked more, so... Well, I listened to it too. So that was an audience. Yeah, we had a little bit of an audience there. <laughs> there you go. I wanted to talk about the Apple TV tonight. It's something that we've alluded to a couple of times, but with all the discussion going around from some of our other favorite podcasts, I have developed a few thoughts of my own. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Now, the thing about you is that you got the, the fourth generation. You've upgraded to that extra large hockey puck sized Apple TV. You got the bigger <laughs> one now. I did. Yeah, I got it actually, I think the day we recorded last episode. Didn't have much to say about it then, but, uh, and I, I've only used it a few times, so I don't know if this will be a thorough review, but I definitely have a couple, I guess, overview thoughts. Okay, so right off the top, did you have a magical unboxing experience? <laughs> the unboxing was pretty nice. It wasn't the best unboxing, wasn't the worst. Somewhere in the middle, you know, it was just right. And what are you going to do with that extra lightning cable? <laughs> it's still in the box, you know, the emergency, uh, <laughs> the emergency lightning cable, you know, it was interesting, you know, years ago, like the charging cables seemed to be like a, like a, a, a coveted thing. Like you cannot lose this thing. And now I've got so many extras. It's like, you just kind of use them to, I don't know. I was going to, I was trying to think of something funny, but nothing came and, and you can buy new ones for like five bucks. So it's, it's good to have. Yeah, I know the feeling. We had so many of those 30-pin connector types that would break in a matter of days, it seemed. So they were a treasured accessory. <laughs> I never I never I never bought a lot of those. Like once it once they went to lightning, I I I obviously knew where the future was going. I started buying extras and keeping one in each car, keeping one in my briefcase, you know. You said you never had any 30-pin connectors? No, no, no. I I I certainly did, but I never bought a lot of extra cables, I guess. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And did you stick to the Apple brand if you picked up any accessories like that? No, any extra cables? never. No, no, I never bought it. I mean, I think they were like $30 or something. You can buy the, like the aftermarket ones for like five or $10. So yeah, I always go for the cheap ones. Okay. Yeah. I tried to find a middle ground sometimes buying the Apple product. If I saw it on sale somewhere like Best Buy. And then a couple of times I've picked up the standard cables from Amazon, as long as they were the generic Amazon brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, they've turned out okay. And I got a couple of the lightning cables that were just quick impulse buys. If I were, say, at a gas station and I found yeah. that the, the cord for the car was missing, I'd be like, ah, got to run in and grab one of these things. <laughs> Some yeah. off-brand I never heard of. Yeah. Plug that into the car stereo. Yep. Yeah, I've, I've done that, uh, did that like last month driving to work, realized that I didn't charge my phone overnight. And so yeah, like panic mode. So yeah, I went by C CVS and got some five, $10 one, but yeah, I, I've never had any issues with, with them not working well. I mean, they, they do their job. Okay. So that has to do with the accessory though. That has to do with the charging cord just for the remote. <laughs> <laughs> so what else came in the box? <laughs> Which I haven't actually charged yet. So I've not, not, I've not actually used the whole battery yet. So I think, what did they say? How many, like several months worth of normal use or something like that? I think I read somewhere 40 hours. So if you hmm. were pressing the play and pause button for 40 <laughs> hours nonstop, it would then die. Which I actually might get you through like one session of the, the hoppy duck game. What is, what is that? Crossy, crossy, <laughs> crossy road, crossy road. Yes. Okay. Just, just played that tonight, you know, in preparation for the show. And uh, I've got to say, the kids were loving it. They were jumping up and down, screaming at me. It was it was fun. Mm. So just take work off next week. Start <laughs> Monday morning at 8 o'clock. You know, uh, set a timer. Start playing Crossy Road. Do it for eight hours a day. Come to the end of Friday. You'll have something to report back. Well, it was definitely one of those games where completely mindless, yet completely addictive. Like, 
you get run over and go, okay, well, clearly I can do better next time. Let me just immediately start playing again. And then, oh, you get hit. And okay, well, I, surely I can do better this time. And you just keep <laughs> clicking. So it was pretty fun, though. I liked it. Did the kids play Crossy Road on any other device yet? No, no. This was a new new thing for us. Oh. Yeah, we had never uh, heard about the uh, Crossy... What is it? Crossy Road? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. well, it's the first time we've heard about Crossy Road. Uh, we I, I saw it at the, at the Apple press conference, so... It's funny that so many people were probably introduced to it there. Well, a lot of the... I'm not a huge gamer, so a lot of the, the games that they preview... That are big games I've never seen before, so hmm. it's it's good for good for the developers, I guess. Okay, well, we'll get to a little bit more about games later on. I wanted to ask you about the Disney Infinity game, which is available for the new Apple TV. Hmm. Let's let's take it from the top, maybe like introductory notes here. I wanted to think about like what gear do we have? Where have we come from in the last few years with television? And are we happy with what we have? And why are we upgrading or not? So what do you have for your living room? I guess last year recently uh, upgraded the TV to the to a larger 55-inch uh, Samsung. And I decided, sort of like with the Apple stuff, kind of staying within their ecosystem. I got like a, a, a Samsung sound bar with a Samsung Blu-ray player that I use like once a year. It, it works pretty well. And basically it's a, a dumb screen for my Apple TV. I didn't know that Samsung made sound bars, but that makes sense. They make everything. Yeah, I, I figured... It would work, you know, interface a little bit better. I, I haven't yet get, got the the volume remote on the Apple TV to work with the Samsung bar yet, but I haven't really played with it too much. So what kind of picture quality do you have? Do you have LED, OCD, LED, <laughs> plasma? What do you got? 1080p? Oh, it's definitely 1080p. Uh, I think it's an LED. Okay. Got an old VHS player that's in the closet. I break out occasionally. I'm not even sure if it would work with this new TV, though. I don't know. Same here. We have a bunch. We have a bunch of VHSs in a bin, but we don't have the VHS player anymore. I think my parents have one, and they've offered to lend it to us anytime we want it. <laughs> but I really just don't want to bother to connect that thing. I've got the VHSs laying around as well, and I've I've actually got a a VHS to digital converter, and I've yet to even like try to figure that out. Like, <laughs> so I figure anything that I need is probably on on YouTube. <laughs> so the converter just makes it work on newer television sets. Well, no, it, it, what it does is it somehow, and I say somehow because I've not tried it, but it, it will, I th I'm not sure if it will like burn it onto a, straight onto a DVD or if you can like hook it up to your computer and it makes a digital file. Oh, okay. Yeah. My dad has one of these and he likes to move over a lot of his home videos. Yeah. That, that's the, that's the real driver of it is to get old home videos that's, that are not on YouTube. Hmm. Yeah, my dad would be glad to do them for you. He seems to enjoy that. It's his hobby. <laughs> might... he would just, you give him all of your family videos and he will convert them for you. I might do that. They, they are fun to watch every occasionally, you know, watching the parents yell at each other in the background and stuff like that. But <laughs> maybe it was just my dysfunctional family. But <laughs> in my case, it was my very early on North Carolina Tar Heel accent. It was something I had when I was about from the time I started talking until I was about eight years old, <laughs> it started wearing off for a while there. It was, oh man, so embarrassing. But that, that's the way of the South for you. My mom was from North Carolina, Greensboro, North Carolina. So her rich Tar Heel accent was something that she passed down to us. But my dad's accent won over and he, he came from Marietta, Georgia, which is, you know, truly a part of the South. It is the, even though he was from Marietta, Georgia, where they just didn't have anything in the way of an accent if you grew up in Marietta. Right. Most most Atlanta, I think, is like that. Yes. Yeah, so how did we get off on that? I have no <laughs> idea. We were talking about what I've got and Blu-ray players and VHS. VHS. And ended up talking about our parents. Yeah, this is like a therapy session. Ah, uh, that or like a family <laughs> reunion. All the Darnell family reunions, they start talking about their TV sets and what they use for your THX sound and 5.1 this and the latest Xbox thing that. Ah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sick and tired of it already. <laughs> so yeah, I got I got that. I, I, last year I picked up the the Wii U, and I've had an Apple TV for a few years now. Okay, yeah. so the Wii U. Do you play any of the games with the kids, or is that really just for the kids? It's pretty much just for me. Uh, the kids will watch. No. <laughs> the kids play a little bit as well, but yeah, it was it was one of those things that I had a Nintendo growing up and just wanted to introduce them to Mario, those sort of guys. But I, I'm not a huge gamer. I mean, I don't know when the last time the thing's been turned on, but 
occasionally it's like it's good for some family fun i really enjoy the wii u i really enjoy mario games of every kind i've been really into mario tennis i've even enjoyed mario baseball and i want to get some of the old games for the wii u just because i can yeah i was so disappointed when my son smashed my super smash brothers game oh no ah, man <laughs> i would be almost willing to pay buy it again but then that would be investing like a hundred and ten dollars <laughs> plus tax in one game and i just can't bring myself to do it yet well we can uh, we can bring ours up next time we visit and uh i'm sure my son will be glad to smash your son <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so then as for the Apple TV, did you have the previous generation? How long have you been using Apple TVs? I had the first gen for a little while, and then I sold it and just went with the Mac Mini solution. And I I guess I bought the the third gen maybe two years ago, just again, just to stay within the Apple ecosystem. I had a a free Roku that I used for a little while. Basically, it was a dumb box that, that got me to Netflix. That was pretty much what it did. And the the Apple, the third gen Apple kind of was the same thing. I, I really didn't use it for a whole lot more than Hulu and for Netflix. It just, I mean, I just never looked at photos on it. I don't have a whole lot of media through iTunes as far as movies. So again, it was kind of a dumb box that that got me to basic entertainment. Okay, then uh, let's stack mine next to that. I have a sound bar because I wanted to control my volume of audio a little bit better when watching movies and television because the television is actually clearer. I have this really good Panasonic Plasma 42-inch screen, and I love the sound that it produces. And in the cavity of our television cabinet, it just sounds very natural. It feels like it's there, very present sound. Nice. So if I have a good show with a lot of dialogue, it sounds really clear and I'll leave the stereo off. And then if I turn on a movie, say we're going through the Harry Potter films or anything else that has been enhanced for, you know, Dolby Digital 5.1 or higher, then we really have a problem with loudness and quiet parts. And so we got a soundbar about two years ago and it solves a lot of the problem but I still kind of mix it together with the television's audio because I don't have a remote control to control the sound bar. Mm. And no, I don't want a universal remote. And no, you cannot solve my problems with my television setup for me. <laughs> I kind of like my sound bar just the way it is. Turn it on, find a balance, let it go, and let it just be its own volume for the next two hours. That's the case for the sound. Now for kind of like, where do we get our media? I do have a Blu-ray player. And we bought it right when we thought we were about to like splurge on a bunch of DVDs to get every television show we ever wanted in all of our favorite films and complete our DVD collection (laughs) the way we always wanted to do with our VHS. And then the internet happened. Yes, exactly. (laughs) We ended up buying maybe four Blu-rays and then there was uh, one of those like membership clubs in the mail and they were, you know, saying like, if you sign up today, you'll get five free and then you'll start paying for the rest. And it's only $24 a month for three favorite films you know, or something like that. And so we, we signed up and we got the free DV, oh, sorry, we got the free Blu-rays and then we unsubscribed. So as it is, we maybe have uh, six or seven Blu-rays in total <laughs> and I love their features but I despise using the Blu-ray player because it takes a long time to load those things. Yep. yep. And the interface is atrocious. I, every time I use the remote control, there's four different menu buttons on the Blu-ray player's remote control. And they all do different things. <laughs> and depending on how the Blu-ray has been programmed, it will or will not allow for you to use different kinds of menus because it depends on the discs it programming itself. Therefore, I got the Apple TV 2 a couple of years ago, and I really enjoyed it because it simplified everything. With that Apple experience, it was very reminiscent of what I, the experience of an iPod. You had a lot of list views of categories and films and shows. The way you'd click through and navigate them was very reminiscent of iPods. And even if it sometimes meant you had to go through a, a trail to get down to navigate down to the content you wanted that felt a little bit long. I liked it. I preferred it. It was very familiar to me because I had a lot of iPods back in the day. Right. And it beat anything that you could do with the Blu-ray player. 
See, I, I, I always lost patience with the menu, and so it was always me grabbing an iPhone or iPad, talking to Siri, telling it to play whatever, and then just streaming it over. So like, I hardly ever actually used the, the music interface. And so that was one of the things I was looking forward to with this new Apple TV remote. And of course, music doesn't work on it, pretty much. Hmm. <laughs> And we'll get to that because that's something that they're promising us. Yeah, yeah. It's still on the website. It promotes that you can get to Apple Music. It says that that is one of the features, software-wise, out of the box. It says that on multiple pages. If it doesn't get to Apple Music, that's fine. But it should at least play your music. The fact that it doesn't is is a very big, <laughs> oh, very for big crying issue. out loud. Okay, we'll get to that in a few minutes. The last thing I have in my setup is the Wii U. And the reason I really enjoy the Wii U is for the Mario games, like I already said. And I enjoy spending some time playing it with the kids. We got the classic DuckTales game remastered for the Wii U, and it's awesome. It has all the original cast characters' voices, if they're still alive. Even able to get Scrooge McDuck in there. It just sounds perfect. And then when we're not using it for games, it's pretty handy to have it around just so that we can get to Amazon Prime. Now, the downside of using Amazon Prime, though, on an interface like this is that the Wi-Fi is just not the greatest service, and oftentimes it starts to buffer, and the buffering will cause an error, and in order to solve that problem, you have to go all the way back to the home menu and then reload Amazon Prime, which is a problem I never encountered with the Apple TV. So going back to the Apple TV for just a second, about two years ago... A friend of mine who loved jailbreak all the things, he wanted my Apple TV 2 and he had an Apple TV 3 third generation. And so he wanted to do a swap because the third generation would not allow for jailbreaking at the time. And he wanted to get to things like Plex. So I gave him my Apple TV second gen. He gave me the third gen and it was a win-win. So I've had the Apple third gen for a good long time now. Nice. It has been nice. So typically y'all watch television shows and movies on the Apple TV. In general, that's, that's your practice. You don't, you don't use Blu-rays and you don't have some other means I'm not thinking about. I can think of like maybe like four Blu-rays we rented and it was just for the nostalgia pretty much. So yeah, we, we very rarely use the Blu-ray. Do you even know what a red box is? I do. I do. Uh, (laughs) And I've used, I've used it, or I bought it pretty much after the internet stuff happened. So it was like $60 new. So it was, it was pretty cheap. We, we pretty much use Netflix and Hulu for the main TV movie experience. And occasionally when things won't be on there, there are ways to get things on iPhones or computers and you just stream it airplay up to the Apple TV. So if you can't find something, you can probably find that on a computer somewhere, yeah. if that makes sense. What I'm hearing is that you're a cord cutter like me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Did you ever have cable? Nope. Never never bought cable in my life. We didn't either. And that, I mean, and I'm 35, so that's, you know, that's saying something. Yeah, my parents have cable right now, and they've been cable subscribers off and on. Sometimes they just didn't want to waste the money. Sometimes they wanted to watch the World Series. Other times my grandfather, was, who was addicted to the nightly news, was living with them and they wanted to give him something. I just never felt like we could justify all the time that we would spend watching those commercials just to get to the content, not on demand, but on the demand of the schedule dictated by the networks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really like, you know, I just went to the Met in New York and it's like looking at the cave paintings. You know, it reminded me, like they should have had a cable box at the Met. Like, remember these things where people, you'd have to show up on time to watch a TV show. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. We should just skip, move on. This is just boring. (laughs) The other problem I have with it too, is that I have a six and a seven year old. And like you, you know, I don't want my kids to watch half of the commercials because they are as bad, if not worse, than a lot of the content that you'd get in a, a show that's not appropriate for children. Yeah, yeah. We, we watch a few things on Hulu, and, and sometimes they have some crap on there. So we just have the have a practice of like, all right, everyone, shut your eyes and look away, you know, <laughs> and it's a whole big thing, and we all look away because, yeah, Hulu has some some pretty crappy commercials. Well, then that being said, who watches the most television in your home? Uh, we don't We don't watch a whole lot. I mean, 
Do y'all ever watch any kind of live sports for any reason? Have you no. paid for any subscription services for the NFL or MLB? No, I'm not, I'm not a big sports guy, so we never never went there. But I would say not every day the kids watch anything. Maybe maybe a little bit every day. I don't know. And we probably watch a little bit of something each night, but not too much. I want to say that we're not a huge TV watching family, but the more I think about it, I think we are, and it's increased over the years. <laughs> so how do you how do you define that? Like, what's the is it number of shows, number of hours per day? Like, yeah, I would. I'm thinking hours per day. It used to be that my wife and I would sit down and watch a movie together every other night, maybe go through a television show together, mm -hmm. and we would watch two or three television shows throughout the week. But then oftentimes in the evening, we would sit down to be reading a book or we would play a board game. But then, I mean, you realize they probably made a movie of that book. So like, what, why would you, why would you do that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and if we really got desperate, we could always just listen to the audio book <laughs> off of the service somewhere on the television, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, what happens over time is, you know, work gets very stressful and you don't feel like reading. Yep. You're very tired. So you're laying in the bed anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I read all day. So it's like, no, TV. I want TV. You know, that's very true. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, yeah. It's nine o'clock. Give me TV. We do read all day. We're reading off of the web yep. all the time. All day. Everything on our phones. We're just reading. Huh. So I get a lot of reading done in my Google Docs and spreadsheets. And <laughs> It rem reminds me, have you ever watched, uh, uh, what's it called? Derek? Uh, I think it's a Netflix original. No, no, it's not reading about what now? Oh, it's, it's hilarious. It, uh, there's this one scene where uh, they get this young British girl in to help with this old folks home. And she's like completely like doesn't want to pay any attention to anyone. She's just out to lunch. And, uh, and the one older woman says, well, don't you ever read? And she goes, well, I'll read the Twitter. <laughs> that was the reference I was, I was uh, hoping for is the, yeah, I read Twitter. We'll add that to the show notes. Yeah, we, we do consume more television than I would like. Because it's totally mental. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be self-conscious about this. I probably catch one and a half shows a night at most, and it doesn't really change just because it's the weekend or weekday. But in total, I'm embarrassed a little bit by the movie watching, the television show watching, and binge watching that goes on in my home. On iPads, yes, and iPhones, in bed and off television sets combined it's racking up year over year and it's caused problems for our comcast bill which i really don't want to talk about because it makes me angry <laughs> so you have to pay per <sighs> gigabyte or something you would not believe the fortune that comcast has made off of my family this year really yes so there's no is it so there's no option to have a fixed yeah, there is now there is now as of last month and we just signed up for it but guess what hmm even though you signed up for it, you like days ago, it's not going to be applied to our account until December the first. Wow! So they they continue they continue to make a few extra hundred dollars off of me in overages. Hundreds of uh, dollars? Like so? What's your average internet bill? Well, okay, yeah, I can tell you our average data for the last five months. It has been about eight hundred and fifty gigabytes of data a month. I've got no idea what that means in the amount of movies, though. So, but like, how many dollars? Um, okay, uh, on low quality, like if you're watching things in standard definition, it's about 0.7 gigabytes per hour. Okay. Yeah, and there was one month we went through 1.4 terabytes. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a good month. Anyway, okay. So back to the things that don't make me angry: the Apple TV, <laughs> the Apple TV. Okay, so first of all. I think it's time that we actually dive into the devices themselves and not our use cases. Yeah. yeah. I want you to tell me more about, well, I think actually, I think in the order of things, I should talk about the third generation Apple TV. Sounds good. Because it is the older device. Uh, nobody's really talking about it anymore. And I found this to be a little bit odd because it's still for sale. Apple still has it on the website and it develops their tiers, right? So they can say starting at 69 rather than starting at 149. And that sounds pretty good on paper, right? So I wonder how well does the third generation Apple TV really stack today? Because it's a few years old. It doesn't have all the features of the new Apple TV. 
It has a different remote. It has limitations like it doesn't have Siri. It doesn't have the state-of-the-art screensaver, ooh la la. It doesn't have the Apple Store. Um, but then again, it does have apps, kind of, sort of? It has it has forced apps. You will take these and and you will like them. Yes. And if you care about processing power and whether or not that actually makes a difference or not, it has an A5 single-core chip, whereas the new Apple TV has the A8 dual-core chip. And that on paper just sounds, yeah, a lot better. It makes a huge difference <laughs> on paper and in real life. One of the huge downsides and why I upgraded was there was there always seemed to be a lag with with the uh, the third gen. You know, no matter what I was doing, huh? I was waiting. So yeah, huge difference. So here are the reasons that I still like the third generation Apple TV. It's what I still have. I'm not prepared to upgrade to the new one just yet, even though there's a lot to like about it, and I do have the money and the budget for it. I'm just not ready to make that leap. I'm still getting so much out of the third generation Apple TV that I really like. And it comes down to these things, right? The remote isn't as annoying to use in the dark as the new remote is. Yeah. yeah. And I, just for that reason alone, I know that every time my wife went to use it, you should have a few choice words to use about the new remote. And that would just kill me. So wait, how was she, was she using it somewhere else, I guess? No, but I know how much she dislikes finicky remotes, oh, like okay, the okay. Fire Stick, uh, you know, the Amazon Fire Stick remote. It's actually a pretty good remote, but the buttons are super sensitive. Yes. So we're always dropping it into the sheets and somebody yep. rolls over and, then, and at yep. the lightest touch, a graze of the pillowcase. <laughs> oh, it just went back to the menu button. You know, just, why that's, did that happen? That's interesting. I, I've never, never heard that about other remotes. I, I guess I just haven't followed it. But that is one of my huge issues with the new remote is, I, you know, I would turn on a show, throw the remote in my pocket, you know, and I can't do that anymore. So it's, it's, it's going to take a lot of retraining how I, how I handle the remote, like this special flower. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's one thing in favor of the older model. Then another thing is that you can replace the battery in that remote anytime that you need to. It has one of those lithium batteries in the back, and you can pick one of those up at the local drugstore. Well, the new one's magic, though. You don't need a battery. The new one's magic. Oh, never. Yeah, you plug it in, and <laughs> that's that's what makes things magic now, is you plug them in. Yeah, you summon the lightning bolts from Thor down through the cable into the remote. Who could ask for anything more? Thank you, Johnny Ive. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, for that reason, I, I think that this is a trade-off. I'm not saying that the new remote is inferior because you cannot change the batteries. I'm just saying that it is a plus that you can change the batteries the day that the thing dies. And you don't have to replace the remote just because of the batteries have worn out or take it to the Apple store to let them change it for a fee. It just doesn't make sense to me. And maybe the device's battery has a great long life. And maybe you'll lose that remote long before the batteries die out. Maybe it'll be, you know swallowed by the dog. I don't know, <laughs> but I should hope not. And if that's the case, nobody really knows what the lifetime of that battery is just yet. Yeah. I thought, I thought on day two, we had lost the remote and I was like, you, no, this did not just happen. No. <laughs> I, was, I was so going to be very upset, but yeah, we, we, we have it now, but yeah, some sort of uh, built-in to iCloud, you know, thing that could make it beep. That would be nice. Oh, I better yet. You have the Apple watch. Yeah. Do you ever use the, the pager to get to the iPhone if you misplaced it? I haven't yet. I don't misplace my iPhone, but, uh, but I don't know. Can it get to other devices? Cause we use it for all the other devices, but no, it only works for the iPhone. And even though it's still such a charm because <laughs> just a few times I'm just like, okay, I really don't want to check every room in the house. Where is my phone? And I'll press that and it pings it. <laughs> It'd be great if you could do that for the remote. Yes. Yep. Or make the Apple watch control the TV. There needs to be more integration with the, uh, with the, with the voice commands and, and all of that. Yeah, well, you brought it up, so I will too. Sure. One of the reasons I like the third generation Apple TV as much as I do is that, that it still has the iOS remote app, which is available on the iPhone, iPad, and in the Apple Watch. So you can control the TV from all these devices. <sighs> and if any of my children have, say, with their sticky, greasy fingers today, have messed up the Apple TV remote and I haven't had the chance to take it up to the kitchen to wipe it all down... I would much pre prefer to use the remote app on my Apple Watch tonight because I don't want to take that remote upstairs and clean it off just yet. 
<laughs> so it saves me a few extra minutes. It's one less headache. And it really does work if you're just going to do any kind of search and typing on the Apple's, uh, you know, various iTunes movies, you know, or something like that. If you're going to go do a search and you're going to have to type out a name, I'd much rather do that on the keyboard from within the remote app. Not available on the Apple Watch, but the way it works on the iPhone is brilliant. Yeah. You know, you had to bring that up. That was... Is a sore spot? It was a very sore spot. You, you, you asked how the unboxing went, and the unboxing was great. It was, you know, you got to peel off the plastic and, you know, make, make it this fresh new Apple product. But then you plug it in and you turn it on. And I'm probably like most people. I want to I go ahead and download the, the main apps that I use and, and, and set them up but you have to type in the, the, the names and passwords for all these different services, I quickly realized no no app would work to type. So we had to do the, the swiping back and forth for every email, every password. And I just, yeah, it was bad. I, I, I just, I don't know why they wouldn't let that app work with the new thing. That That sort of small little detail is a huge difference in the user experience when they plug this new thing and they just want to use it this is going to be great and now i have to like swipe left swipe right swipe left swipe right and because it's it's, it's all on one line now so it's not even like a, a a grid that you can get to letters faster you have to go the whole way left and whole way right the fact that it can't <laughs> that there was no app or that the old app couldn't work with it it I don't understand that from an engineering perspective. Like, I don't understand why you couldn't make it work. It's just like a simple, like send a text, very like, like a character to this thing. There, there's no reason why that couldn't couldn't work. That I had to type in my password and my my email several, three or four different times in the first twenty minutes before I used the thing. <laughs> it was a real irritating issue for me. And along that line, you can't even use one of Apple's wireless keyboards on the new Apple TV. Well, I don't have one of those, so I didn't didn't try it, so it didn't bother me quite as much. But uh, the the fact that they couldn't get that out of the box, I don't understand that. Me neither. I really don't. You either need to be able to pair some kind of Bluetooth keyboard to it to help you, because everybody has a Bluetooth keyboard available if they need it in a tight spot. Yeah. Or you have the apps on the iPhone, so why not Apple? I mean, come on. Yep. You had to have known that this would annoy all of your early adopters. You had to have known. Yep. You know, and, and when I was writing out my thoughts for, about the device, I, I put that on my logo, my list, on the cons. I didn't want to start out <laughs> with, with uh, ranting against it. No, no, no. But I, I understand. But there are pros and cons, and I think that we should be honest about both. No, no more, no less. A couple of last notes about the third generation Apple TV. I really like the price. I paid $69 for mine after Tim Cook told us earlier in the spring, go out and get your Apple TVs now because some very exciting things are coming down the pike for this platform and you'll want to be a part of it. <laughs> and what he led me to believe when I watched it three times was that he was saying, A, there will be a new piece of hardware for the Apple TV and you're going to love the new hardware with its upgrades. But two, get the current model too, because you can expect good things for it down the pike as well, which would suggest that there would be improvements to the software. But from what we have seen, there haven't been any changes to the software in a good long time. All the software investment went to the new hardware. Yeah. And <laughs> as it stands, if they would have changed the older model to a newer interface akin to that of the new Apple TV... I'm kind of glad that they haven't botched it up, that they haven't removed features like the Bluetooth connectivity or the iOS apps. I'm glad that it is intact. Yeah, I really doubt that the the new tvOS could run on a, on an older A6 or A5, I guess, processor. So that that's probably not going to happen. But I think maybe he was encouraging everyone to go out and buy an Apple TV so you would have something to stick into your kid's room in, in six months when you go out and buy a new Apple TV. <laughs> yeah. so I think that was his motivation. And maybe they had a bunch of them on the shelf somewhere they needed to get rid of. I don't know. Well, those are my main uh, observations about the third generation Apple TV. It's still available from Apple stores and the website. Yeah, that's interesting. I still enjoy this device. Yes, it is slower and the interface is not as attractive because it is older. And for that reason, it feels stale. 
it does feel a little bit more like you're using a supersized iPod interface on the big TV. <laughs> but one of the things that's nice about that is having the black background. And if you would prefer a darker display when you're navigating the menu in the dark at night and you have the lights off, then it is easier on the eyes. And for that reason, it, it, it has its advantages just in terms of interface. But one other thing I might say is a trade-off here is without any Siri, you are limited to all of your navigation from sort of remote input. And that's a good thing most of the time, but I really enjoy Siri in general. So I, I would enjoy using Siri at the television. It's probably best you wait then. Okay. And maybe this is a good transition if that's all right to the fourth gen. Sure. Because part of me is wondering if I would be super annoyed with Siri on the television at this time. Yes, you would. Oh, I, because I am, I need to rewatch and maybe re, I shouldn't have to go rewatch the keynote or review the website to use Siri. When I want to do something basic, I should just say, go do this, and it should do it, like a TV-related thing. So I even tested it out today, opened up an Apple uh, iTunes movie, Lord of the Rings, very popular movie, and, and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm messing up here, but didn't one, wasn't one of their things that they said you could do is ask what actor this is? You could ask things that pertain to actors. So if you said... <laughs> not, but not their name? So it's something little like that. Like, why should I have to remember what exactly I can ask Siri? Exactly. When it's a famous actor on a famous movie that I bought from Apple, you'd think you could tell me what actor that is. You know, so it was a test. It failed. I can't remember all of the other failures, but there have been many. Pertaining to Siri. Like basic thing. Yeah. Yeah. Basic f Siri failures. It does work with the, what did they say? It will, it will go back 10 or 15 seconds. So that's kind of nice. But that's like all I've got to do really well. Here's a few other examples then. Maybe maybe I would like to get your reaction to these. Here's my favorite. I, I found this off of Apple's website. Did you know that you can say reduce loud sounds and it's going to normalize the audio for you? Okay. I, I wouldn't have thought to do that. I, just... I don't think that anyone would, I mean, except that Apple tells us. Yeah. But again, okay, I'm now I'm at the point where I'm going to have to read a manual for Siri, which kind of is not the direction I would think they would want to go. Yeah, it is frustrating <sighs> because you wish you could just say any command or any request in natural language five different ways. I'm not even complaining that, look, look, it won't do everything I want, but like, I'm just trying to do basic things and it won't do them. Hmm. But anyways, I, I've, I've not played with it as much as I should, so I, I shouldn't come down quite so negatively. I really wanted to start positively, but... <laughs> I guess that's just not in the cards. But this is a problem for everyone, Joshua. You're not unique in this case. Everyone that I have heard in all the podcasts, all the blogs, they're saying the same thing. They all got this Apple TV super excited because Apple is lauding it as the new state of television for the future. That this is like a 1.0, but that you can expect it to be an example of great things for the future of television. And it's only going to get better and better. But everyone's cons are outweighing their pros. I, I will certainly agree. It, it will, will get better. It has to get better. On an infinite time scale. Sure. <laughs> How it came out at, at this point is, I just don't think it should have been released yet. It, it is kind of frustrating. All right. So look at the original Apple TV remote and the menu and play pause button are side by side. Beneath the, the circular dial that gives you the up, down, left, right, and center enter button. Mm -hmm. Okay. So think about that menu and play pause button. They have been in the exact same places for a good long time. The menu on the left, the play and pause button on the right. Anyone who is used to the Apple TVs in general, maybe had an Apple TV second gen and then upgraded to the third gen and now to the fourth gen, even their muscle memory is going to be shattered because on the new remote, though the remote is larger. Yes. When it's out of sight and out of mind, and you're not really thinking about the remote, and you could just, you know, go over to pick it up off of the arm of the couch, and using your muscle memory, you try to find the buttons and navigate. The menu button is at the top of the collection of buttons in the center of the remote, on the left, yep. approximately where it is on the former remote, but now the play pause button is at the bottom left. 
rather than yep. a, next to the menu button. And there's this other button that shows a television set on it next to the menu button. What does that do? I, I was going to get to that, and I was going to ask you the same question. Wait a minute. You have the device. <laughs> I know. And it won't, I, I have not figured it out yet. <laughs> but but, but be, not even the, the menu and play a pause button being on the left. What's in the middle is Siri, which happens to get bumped when you're playing games, and the game will, will pause oh. and tell you to hold the button down to use Siri. Oh, man. The orientation of those buttons is all kinds of wrong. Again, I, I've only been playing with it for a little bit, but I'm pretty sure I, I won't be able to get used to that. So yeah, there. I think there's some work to do, and and I think the remote is not good. And, and again, <laughs> like I was saying earlier, is you know not even putting it in my pocket. Sometimes I would just set it on my lap, like on the on the couch, which is you know pretty normal thing to do. If it gets turned around, if it falls off, it's pausing the movie. It's it's doing all sorts of crazy things. So. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the remote. It's It has some issues, mm. for sure. Okay, well, let's talk about something else that makes us happy. <laughs> how do you... Those screensavers, what about them, eh? <laughs> okay, I'll get there. It, it'll it'll all end on a positive note here in a minute. Uh, <laughs> but the, yeah, the little TV button, I, I didn't research it, because, I, again, I wanted to like experience this as a normal person. I don't want to research it all and then know exactly what everything does. I want to experience it like a normal user would. And I don't know what it does. I, I guess I, I, I need to press it more in different places to see what it does, but I'm not sure what it does. But as a designer, I think that the symbol on the button is just horrible <laughs> because you already have your television on. I'm not thinking, well, maybe you don't have the television on. Is that supposed to be the on button? Like, I think, you know, actually, now that I think about it, I think I pressed it once and it asked if I wanted to power it down. Well, I don't know if that was turn the TV off or the Apple TV. I don't know. I didn't know. Oh, it's so confusing. It's so ambiguous. And then the Siri button, Siri's icon symbol is a, like a microphone. And I don't know, like that same icon is used on the Mac computer to represent dictation. Mm. And that's not exactly what Siri stands for. Nope. And the same thing goes for iOS on the keyboard at the bottom. You'll see that same microphone and it just represents dictation if you're taking a message. So I feel like Apple has used that for two, one too many things. Siri, which is not exactly dictation, and dictation on other devices in other places. Anyway, I don't, I don't even think most people are going to think about that. But surely the nerds and the geeks and the Apple fans like I who really admire most of their design savvy are going to be annoyed by that. Yeah, I've, I've not I've not really looked at the uh, the artwork on the buttons, but uh, but the placement is certainly... Like right in the middle there is, is, is a bit crazy. And I'm trying to look at the tech specs right now and I cannot find, and I'm sure it's there somewhere, but I can't find that what that button does. Oh. I should be able to find this. But yeah, even as you were talking there, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to save myself and okay. Home. It's a home button. Joshua, that is such a huge disappointment. <laughs> it's a home button. Oh, because my home looks like a television screen. But I don't know, does that mean it actually goes back to the very home? I don't know. I'll have to try it out. See, I think back in the old days when there was an app on the Mac called Front Row, a similar icon actually meant you wanted to switch into full screen to watch a film or to watch a DVD yeah. on the computer in full screen. You saw what looked like a symbol for a full screen. <laughs> it's like the inverse of the exact same symbol. <laughs> mm. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, and also, if the home button actually goes back to the very home, that's what the menu button does now. You just have to hold it down for two seconds. So I don't know why they need a second button for that. We do need to wrap up soon. But I had one question for you. I'm sure you have some thoughts here. Yep. And then there was something I wanted to get to about gaming. Now, you pointed out earlier that the music service is a sore spot for you. Can you explain what is going on? You can't get to your iTunes music library on there? No, 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 you can. But then, you, like you're saying, you have to you have to open music, you have to go to artists, you have to scroll down to find the artists, you have to find your, the, the song. I want to say, play Bob Dylan, and it play Bob Dylan. That is not asking too much. Are you kidding me? That's not available? That is not available. If you say, play Bob Dylan, what is it going to do? Give you a preview from the iTunes store? I could go test it, but I'm pretty sure it won't do anything. Or maybe to look for movies called Bob Dylan or something. I don't know. 
but it won't play your music. You grab your phone and you say, play Bob Dylan, and then you swipe up and you stream it to your Apple TV. Oh, Apple, why? Yes. Why did you release this product without such a simplistic feature that's been available on iOS for a long time? I know, for far four years, at least five years. And I can understand if it's not integrated into the new Apple Music thing. Okay, I get it. It's new. But your music? Yeah, it should be able to do that. Yeah, so you're saying you wouldn't have any problems if it was music on Apple Music that it was unable to play. Yeah. So long as it was able to play the local music that it's able to stream from your Mac. Sure. Or, or, or I mean, I've got the, uh, I still have the, uh, the I, I guess what they call it, iTunes Match. So, but, you know, I've got... I've got my music. This is my music. That's all I care about. I should be able to play my music. Absolutely. So yeah, a couple a couple more quick things before we jump jump off. Music's a big issue. Uh, simple dictation Siri won't do. So you go to YouTube. You want to watch funny cat videos. You have to type out funny cat videos one letter at a time. You can't just say funny cat videos. Because the Siri dictation symbol button thing only does Siri commands. So if you're in any particular app and you press that button, Siri is going to assume you just want to navigate iTunes content. Yep. 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 That is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Okay. What else do you have? Ah, yep. <laughs> oh, Crossy Roads is great. <laughs> I really enjoyed that for like five minutes. And when the when the interface just fades into the background for three hours while you're watching the director's cut of Return of the King, it's great. <laughs> so the best thing I can say about it, the screensavers. <laughs> they they really are amazing. Okay, Joshua, you want it? You want to know something? Yeah. I downloaded those from my Macs. I don't even need the Apple TV to get those screensavers. Yeah, but I got a 55-inch HD TV. It's, it's, it's amazing. That's probably true. I'm sure that they do look better off of a television set. <laughs> okay, so my last question, and the thing that I'm really debating about the Apple TV is gaming. Yeah. Because I do enjoy gaming with the kids. It's a great way that if we don't feel like doing a board game tonight or playing with the animals or reading a book... It's something else to do. And I like to shake things up and keep the variety flowing. And I'm not too pleased with the controls, the controllers. We've already complained a lot about the remote. I'm not going to go there again. Apple should set the example for a gaming controller. And, uh, you know, somebody else out there in podcast land, Mike Hurley has been talking about this a great deal. He thinks that Apple should provide a first party controller to set the example. I completely agree. But even if Apple chooses not to provide a gaming controller at this time, it doesn't look good that the Nimbus controller that Apple is selling at Apple's website and in their retail stores is virtually the only one available today. It works on iOS devices as well. You can use it for the iPad and iPhone. And the Apple TV, which is great that it can run on multiple devices. It's just not great if you don't like this controller, because guess what? It's the only one there is. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. There are games already available for the Apple TV, and this is an inexpensive console device. If you were just getting started with young kids today, this is probably a good place to go if you don't want to fork out all the money for the Xbox, PlayStation, or the you know Nintendo Wii. But... That being said, you also get what you pay for, so the games all feel hampered. Like, Raymond Adventures is a pretty fun game, right? Are you enjoying it? Well, I had uh, I had never heard of it, and I downloaded it and played it for five minutes, and it was, you know, it was adequately diverting, I guess. It, it wasn't, okay. you know, it didn't have quite the amount of control, of course. You basically go left, right, and kind of swipe and click. That's kind of it. And then it does sound like it is handicapped compared to the console versions. There are a couple of different Raymond games, and on the consoles, they're called Raymond Legends. Raymond Adventures is based on the iOS versions that have more limitations and fewer levels, but the ratings are pretty good on the console versions. Hmm. So several times, I've checked them out and rented them, and the kids and I have enjoyed Raymond games. Uh, is there a, a Wii version? There is, yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go check it out. Uh, it felt like... You know, it felt like half game, half movie. Like they were just kind of guiding you along. Like I'm not a big gamer, so I don't know how to describe this, but like... It was a storytelling adventure game. Well, it wasn't really even a story other than like, 
you just kind of went left and you just kind of jumped a little bit and, you know, destroyed some things and picked up some things and you were done. But again, this is five minutes. I don't want to sit here and review and tear down a game, but it just felt like you could easily guide through several levels without really doing much. Pretty mindless, pretty straightforward, kind of like an iOS app game. I've had better better experiences on iOS games, but that's true. That's true. There are some very entertaining and mind you know mind bending games for iOS. Yep. Well, I'll just leave you with this thought: there is a Disney Infinity starter kit available for available for the Apple TV, and a Skylanders starter kit available for the Apple TV. And I'm in the mm. market for one of those. So I've been thinking I was going to get it for the Wii U. And I probably will just because I already have that device and I prefer the Nintendo's controllers. But if the controller were better for the television or the Apple TV device, I would be interested in investing in that platform to play the Disney Infinity game with my kids because I know that the Nintendo Wii U is already a little bit old. It is an older device and its longevity is, I mean, it's, it's just not going to last as long, right? So, so part of me was mm. willing to go to the Disney Infinity thing for the Apple TV, except that I'm just not, I'm not impressed with this device. Not yet. So I'll probably save my money, get it for the, the Nintendo. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about that. So we'll have to end on a uh, more positive note, which is screensavers. They're worth the cost of admission maybe just maybe <laughs> yeah they are beautiful screensavers no doubt yeah especially i just i just got back from new york and then they have to get the new york uh screensaver and it's like hey i was there look hey i was there so yeah it was it was pretty cool interesting showing the kids especially because the kids weren't there well this will end episode 32 so we're glad that you could join us. If you don't already have the show notes, anything that we talked about in this episode will be linked in the show notes so that you can quickly navigate to those things. You can find them at tectonic.fm slash 32. And if you're looking for us on Twitter, the show is on Twitter. You can get updates there in case anything happens or if you want to chat with us about a topic you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. But there's also us. We're available on Twitter and you can reach us directly. I'm at underscore Joe Darnell. My co-host is Joshua Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer is spelled P-E-I-F-F-E-R. And the show is Tectonic FM. And Tectonic is spelled T-E-C-H-T-O-N-I-C-F-M. And if you would like to send us a private message, you can email us at hello at tectonic.fm in case you want to give us your thoughts about the show or submit us a topic for a future episode that way. And do us a huge favor... Visit us on iTunes and leave us a review, and we'll mention it in a future episode. I'm Joe Darnell. Thanks a bunch for listening to the Tectonic Podcast. 